All right, the book of Revelation, chapter number 2. Last week we looked at the declining church, and uh, this week we're going to look at the dependable church. As we go through these messages, this is, um, this is the shortest of the messages to all the churches, and uh, don't, don't let that fool you to think that, that's, that we're going to be short tonight, all right? Um, I, I don't want you to think that. Uh, Revelation chapter number 2, verse number 8, uh, there's only uh, four verses, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, and uh, Revelation 2, 8 through 11 uh, is the, this message, and it is a, a short one. Also, just by way of uh, information, uh, there's nothing negative is mentioned in the letter of the, of the, to the church of Smyrna. And, uh, and so that's just interesting. And, uh, and so, uh, Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number 8, the Bible says, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be here tonight. And Father, I pray that you would just speak to hearts as only you can as we uh, look into your word. And God, I pray that you'd bless and encourage and strengthen each and every believer. And again, Father, if there's one that does not know you, I pray, Father, that you would speak to their heart, show them their need of salvation. And God will certainly thank you for that. We'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, uh, this is an encouraging message uh, through persecution. Now, persecution is not encouraging, uh, but the message that he gives them is to encourage them through the persecution that they will go through. And persecution is not an enjoyable topic, uh, and yet it's given by Christ himself. Uh, and so you think about that for a little bit. Uh, boy, you don't know anybody better uh, that knows of persecution than Jesus Christ, who suffered not for his sin, because he knew no sin, uh, but, uh, but rather suffered for our sin. And, uh, and so uh, he certainly knows about persecution. Look with me in verse number 8 there. Are we having trouble with this mic? Is it goofy? It sounds really goofy to me. All right. So. All right. Well, we can switch to this, and I'll try and stay here. I don't know how well that'll work. Um, but, uh, but as we look at verse number 8 there, uh, look with me what it says. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is 
alive. Every one of these messages, of course, give you a glimpse of who Jesus Christ is. We talked about this in the very beginning of the book of Revelation as we started going through it, that, uh, that, Je- that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is revealed throughout the book of Revelation. If you go with me back to chapter 1 and verse number, uh, let's go back to verse number Oh, I'm looking for where it starts. Verse number 12, it really fulfills a whole passage here. But uh, chapter 1 and verse number 12, he says, John is speaking and he says, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And, uh, and the message to the last church, uh, or at least one of the churches, I believe it was the last church we looked at, uh, they gave that reference of his mouth, out of his mouth went the, the sharp two-edged sword. Look with me in verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse number 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And that's the exact phrase that he uses here in chapter 2 in verse number 8. He says, uh, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Boy, what a great message. That's definitive that that is talking about Jesus Christ. There can be no other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, which was dead. And I want you to notice in verse number 8 as we look at this, I want you to notice the victor. That would be Jesus Christ. He is the victor or the conqueror. And uh, boy, that's an encouraging message. Hey, if, if I wanted to learn about something... I'd want to learn from somebody who has been there and conquered. Uh, You don't want me to coach you on how to be a pro NFL football player. Look at me for one thing. I mean, I I I don't meet the bill, okay? I'm not it. Uh, I would not be able to tell you how to be a pro NFL football player. You would not want me to coach you on being an athlete uh, for the Olympics because I don't know what it takes to be an athlete for the Olympics. I cannot tell you those things. You would want to get somebody who has sent somebody else there or somebody who has been there and done that and they can tell you all the emotion and all the work that has to go into it to arrive to to that place in their life. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ has been there. Hey, He suffered just like you and I. He is the victor and He has personal experience. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4, the Bible says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our 
transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. Hey, listen, He didn't suffer because of His own sins. He didn't suffer and go to the cross because He did something wrong. He didn't suffer uh, and die on the cross of Calvary for any other reason other than the fact that He loved you and I. What a great God. And He suffered as a sacrifice. You know what a martyr does? You know somebody who suffers persecution? That's somebody who pays a price. Uh, generally, in the, in the aspect of Christianity, we think of it as somebody who dies for the cause of Christ. They would die for the cause of somebody else. They would be persecuted for the cause of somebody else. Nobody knows that better than Jesus Christ, who perfectly suffered and died on the cross of Calvary. Listen, it's not just His suffering that He paid the price, but I want you to notice that He arose victoriously. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You say, Pastor, it's not Easter. That's okay. We can celebrate the resurrection every single Sunday. Matter of fact, we ought to. In reality, that's the first day of the week. That's why we meet on the first day of the week. Uh, because Jesus arose on the first day of the week. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, look with me in verse number 55. We're talking about uh, Jesus conquering death. and con He was dead and He is alive. And the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 55, it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we have the victory, not because of ourself, but because Jesus Christ died on the cross, suffered, bled, shed His blood, and rose again from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Hey, listen, that's the guy that I want to hear from. Somebody who's been there and suffered and paid the price and, and conquered that and, and come back again. Jesus said this in John 16.33, These things have I spoken unto you that in, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hey, praise the Lord for that. We're talking about a victor. And it says in, there in, in Revelation 2.8 that He which was dead and is alive. Praise the Lord. He is, he is somebody that has been there and He paid the price and He rose again and He conquered all of that. But I want you to notice this. He says here in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 8, He says, Unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write these things, saith the first, and the last, that which was or which was dead and is alive. Verse number nine, I know thy works. Man, there's nothing like knowing that somebody else understands what we're going through. I, I've I visit people and uh, and and I go and, and I see them in the hospital and I see them in other places and and I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, I, I'm very careful 
not to sympathize with somebody. Uh, I do sympathize with them, but I don't understand. I don't claim to understand that I know what they're going through. Because the honest truth is, I don't know what they're going through. Now, I love them and I care for them and I want to be there for them and I want to help them as best I can. But the reality is, many times, I don't understand their situation. I don't understand their, uh, where they're at. But I'm going to do the best I can to be there. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. But there is somebody who does know. Hey, and He knows far better than I could ever know. He knows far better than anyone else could ever know. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He says here in verse number 9, He says, I know thy works. Boy, that's a blessing to know that somebody else has been persecuted. Somebody else has been mistreated. Somebody else has suffered. And, and they understand exactly what we are going through. And they understand the persecution that will come. And Jesus Christ understands those things. You save your spot here in Revelation. Go with me to Luke chapter 12. I reference this verse quite a bit. And I just want you to see it in the Word of God. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 7. Luke 12 and verse number 7. Luke 12, verse 7, the Bible says this. Go to verse number 6. We'll go back one. It says, uh, Luke 12, 6, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthing, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, are ye, or ye are of more value than many sparrows. Hey, mark that verse in your Bible and get, go back to it frequently. You know why? Because you know what that tells me? It tells me that the Lord Jesus Christ cares about you. He knows how many hairs, that's what the Bible says, that you have on your head. You don't even know that. I mean, I, I, I haven't spent time, unless, you, unless you're clean bald, then you just know, hey, that's easy. But most of us are not. And, and I'm telling you this, that God knows more about us and more about our circumstances than we even know of ourselves. And I'm telling you, go back to our, our passage here in Revelation, He is the one that knows the persecution because He's been there, He's experienced it. He personally suffered, bled, and died, and rose again as a victor over the cross, death, and hell. And we find that, hey, He has personal knowledge of you and I. Man, I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. I mean, to know that somebody else has gone before us and paved the way, and then they know where we are at, and they will help us every step of the way uh, as we go through our lives and perhaps would suffer persecution. I want you to notice the victor that is there in verses 8 and 9. That is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice that in verse number 10, He encourages us to have valor throughout this persecution. Look what He says there in verse number, uh, verse number 9. We'll go back there. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are, but are the synagogue 
of Satan. Verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now I'll say this, none of us want to face persecution. We just don't, to be honest with you. I, would, I don't uh, look forward to a day that I would face persecution. I don't think anybody was uh, anybody desires that. And, and sometimes we read through uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs and those who have suffered and those who have paid a price for me, uh, reading about Bible translation and those who have died trying to get us the Word of God and, and keep the Word of God pure. And, and, and I look at those things and I think, hey, those guys suffered persecution. We need to understand that, hey, we may suffer persecution. You know, sometimes persecution comes and, and, and hardships come because we are Christians. And, and we, in America at least, we tend to think, boy, things are really getting bad. Lord's coming back. Can I tell you something? People have been suffering persecution for thousands of years. Persecution is not new. Persecution uh, does not mean that the Lord is coming back. Matter of fact, today uh, in, in the Middle East, today in Asia, today in Africa, I am sure that there are Christians that are suffering persecution for living a godly life, for simply attending church. You understand there are countries uh, where, where they are not allowed to publicly meet and preach the Word of God. And we're not guaranteed that uh, that that will last here in America. And I hope it does. I pray that it does. I pray that it will last the rest of our lifetime and my children's lifetime and their children's lifetime. I I pray that we have that freedom. But the fact of the matter is that tribulation would come does not mean it's the end of the world. Sometimes we think the whole world view is right here in our city. And that's just simply not true. We need to get our head out of our city and realize that there is a larger perspective out there in the rest of the world. The fact that people are suffering and being persecuted even today uh, in other countries is real. And, and Timothy, uh, Paul rather, was explaining to Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You talk about persecution. The Apostle Paul was probably one of the most persecuted Christians that we know. Boy, you go through the life of the Apostle Paul as we were going through uh, one of the books, I believe in Corinthians, and he, he covers that, and, and he talks about how he was shipwrecked. He talks about how he was, he was beaten with rods. He talks about how he was thrown in prison. He talks about how he was stoned and left for dead. And every time the Apostle Paul got back up, and he went right back to preaching, and he went right back to serving the Lord under that persecution, and he said, hey, I want to continue serving the Lord. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I gave you the one main verse, but let's look at that passage really quick. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 10. We'll go look at the entire passage there. The Bible says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 10, 
Again, the Apostle Paul is, is instructing Timothy, and he says this, he says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But he says to young Timothy in verse number 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned that. And he's saying, hey, you need to continue in the face of persecution. The Apostle Paul could speak uh, rather authoritatively of the persecutions. And he was encouraging Timothy. And he was saying, hey, listen, when persecutions come your way, you stay faithful and keep serving the Lord. Listen, we need to stay faithful. Jesus is encouraging us back in, in Revelation chapter number 10. He says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. And in verse 10, he says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. You know what he's saying? Stand strong. Hey, suffering may come. Persecution may come, but I want you to stand strong. And listen, uh, we need to trust that the Lord will help us through those things. Uh, you say, what's it like to face persecution? I don't know. I've not been there. But you know what? I figure if, if the Lord ever has us face persecution, we just have to trust Him that He would give us the strength to make it through those things. Because I don't know what it's like. I know that they, 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 these guys, the Apostle Paul didn't know what it was like before it started happening to him. And I just imagine that God gave him the strength and God gave him the, uh, the, the courage to continue going forward even in the face of persecution and to stand strong for the Lord. He says in 2 Timothy chapter, uh, if you went back one, one chapter in verse 3, uh, chapter 2 and 3, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hey, we've got to stand strong as Christians. And I know that hardship could come. I'm aware that, uh, that difficulties could come. Hey, hey don't you think that uh, they're, they're, it's been circulating for years. They're, they're threatening. They want to uh, take away the uh, tax-exempt status of the churches. Listen, that's, that's minor persecution compared to what they covered in the New Testament. That's minor compared to what Paul suffered. And I'm just saying that in the face of persecution, Jesus is encouraging us, saying, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. And he, sa he just says it. He says, hey, he says, Be thou at the end faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Uh, a, a crown of life. And listen, that's one of the crowns. Those who are persecuted. Hey, they can earn that crown. And, uh, and they'll have that in heaven. And, uh, and that's what the Bible is talking about there. And so we see the valor that Jesus Christ is encouraging us to stand strong. But I want you to notice this in verse number 11. 
We see the victor in verses, uh, uh, verse number 8 and 9. We see the valor in verse number 10 as he tells us to be strong. Look in verse number 11. The Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. We read these passages to all the churches. And that word overcometh shows up in every one of the messages to the churches. And if you read it, you would tend to think, well, then there's a chance that you may not overcome. And therefore, if you may not overcome, you may not have, uh, you may be hurt in the second death. And, and if you read it that way, boy, that'd be disconcerting. But let me comfort you with a couple of verses as we look at this, because he says here in, the, in verse number 11, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Go with me to 1 John chapter number 4. I want to show you three verses. 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 4. And this will help you in understanding the overcoming passage that shows up repetitively in these seven messages. First John chapter number four and verse number four, we find this. He says, "Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world." And he tells them, hey, you will overcome, not because of your strength, not because of who you are, but you will overcome because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hey, if you've been saved and you've been born again, then the Lord Jesus Christ lives inside of you and He is with you. And the Bible says, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Go with me to chapter number 5. And look with me in verse number 4. I want to show you this verse. And we have our question. He says in chapter 5 and verse number 4, Who is he that overcometh the world? That's the question. Hey, we, we look at the, uh, all these, these messages to the churches, and it says, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Uh, we see the same thing in verse 17, talking about to him that overcometh. We see it in verse number 7. Uh, he says about overcoming. And, and again, in chapter 3, we see it over and over. So who is he that overcometh the world? In verse 5, it says that in, in 1 John 5, 5, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Boy, I can't get any clearer than that. Amen? And so, uh, who are the overcomers? Who are those that are going to overcome? It's those that are born again. Those who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. He goes, I, I should have started there in verse 4. Uh, it goes, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. 
Hey, praise the Lord for that. And what we find in, in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ is not only a victor, we not only find valor that He's encouraging us to stand strong and to fear not the, the, the persecution and the tribulations and the poverty that may come our way, but He's saying in verse number 11, He's giving us a vow of safety. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Hey, we're not overcoming because of our strength. We're not overcoming because of our riches. We're not overcoming because of our goodness. We're not overcoming because of who we are. But we're overcoming because who it is that is inside of us. Jesus Christ. That's the only way, my friend, that you will overcome the tribulation and the temptations and the trials that will come your way. And we find that He says here, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. I find it interesting that phrase, second death. It's an interesting study. I've wanted to spend a lot of time studying it, and I haven't spent a lot, but I do know this. There is a physical death. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hey, listen, our physical death, that's inevitable. Uh, short of the rapture. Rapture comes, hey, we'll be flying out of here. Praise the Lord. We look forward to that day. But listen, if that doesn't happen, you and I will go to the grave just like the Apostle Paul, just like uh, Peter, just like John of Revelation, just like many that have gone before us. Uh, we'll go to the grave and we'll have that first death. Hey, but can I tell you this? You don't have to fear a second death. What is that second death? Go with me to the end of the book of Revelation and it talks about that to chapter number 20 and verse number 14. We could go, we could go back and this is actually talking about the great, great white throne uh, judgment when uh, they'll stand before God. Look with me in chapter 20 and verse number 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne on him that and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So they're already dead, so they've already died once. These are that group of people. Verse number... Well, we'll pick it up at 11. I lost my place. And I saw the great white throne and him that sat on it from the whose earth fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Verse number 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse number 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
And listen, this is a scene that's describing uh, end times and it's a final judgment of those that are lost and do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't have time to get into all the reasons for that, but understand this, that this is the second death when they are judged according to their works. And listen, uh, their name is not written in the book of life. It's clarified there in verse 15. And they are cast into the lake of fire. We find here in Revelation 2 and verse number 11, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Hey, if you're saved and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, God gives you a vow saying, hey, you're not going to be cast into that lake of fire. Hey, you don't have to worry about that. Hey, we praise the Lord for eternal security and, and we know that, uh, that when you're, you're saved and you're born again, hey, that, that God will protect you and He'll hold you in His hand. And the Bible says, John 10, 28, Jesus said this, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. Boy, what a blessing to know that when you're saved, you're saved for all of eternity. You don't have to fear the second death. You don't have to fear the eternal damnation in the lake of fire. You don't have to wonder about those things because you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and greater is He that is in you uh, than he that is in the world. And just as 1 John uh, 5, 4 and 5 tells us that hey, if, we, if, we're, if we're saved, then our victory comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God for that and say praise the Lord for the vow of safety that He gives us. This is the church at Smyrna. And He's encouraging them and He's saying, listen, He's saying, I'm the victor. I conquered death. I was dead. And I am alive. Boy, what a, what a message. And he says, fear not, stand strong. And he's encouraging the church. And he's encouraging those that are saved, saying, hey, walk with the Lord. Don't fear. Uh, you continue to stand strong for the Lord. Then he gives him a vow and he says, hey, you don't have to fear. You shall not be hurt of the second death. What a blessing to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. We look at these messages to the church. What a blessing that Jesus Christ wants to encourage the church. A lot of people will take these as ages. And I don't, I'm not saying they're not, but I think it's actually could very well be different states of the church as well, concurrent in time. In other words, hey, there are churches right now that are suffering in Asia. I remember hearing missionaries in, in well, the, you, the guy we had here not too long ago in March uh, in North Korea. And the believers aren't allowed to meet. They're not allowed to have the Word of God. They're not allowed to, to get the Word of God into North Korea. Uh, there's a price on his head. Why? Because he's concerned about getting the gospel into North Korea. And I'm just telling you that there's persecution. There are Smyrna churches in 2022 who are suffering persecution that God is saying, hey, stand strong. I'm the victor. I've been there. I've suffered. But I conquered it all. And because of my overcoming, you can overcome. And he's encouraging them and he's giving them valor and he's saying, you stand strong. And I'll promise you that if you are saved, that you, won't suffer that you won't suffer in that lake of fire, the eternal damnation. What a promise 
that he gives to that church. What an encouragement that he's encouraging that church. Stay strong. Continue serving the Lord. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe tonight we ought to just recognize how good we truly have it. You know, sometimes we don't realize what we have until we lose it. I wouldn't want that to happen with our freedom. I, don't want to, I wouldn't want that to happen with our ability to have the Word of God in our hands and carry it around openly and proclaim the Word of God. Maybe we just need to thank God for the openness of being able to preach the Word of God in our country. Father, I thank You for Your goodness to us. God, truly, You've blessed us. God, truly, You have given us great liberty for years to openly proclaim the Word of God. God, I'm aware, and I'm very much so aware of persecution that does take place in 2022 in this world against Christians. And God, if we ever got to that point, we certainly would have to depend upon you for the strength to keep going. But God, we would ask for your valor and for your strength at that time. But God, I do think of the, those who are persecuted. And God, I do pray that you would give them strength, that you would give them valor, that you would help them. God, you understand their circumstances. You know where they're at. And I pray that you would help them. God, I pray for, thank you for the promise that you've given us. God, that we would not suffer in that second death. What a blessing to know that. God, maybe there's one here and they don't, they don't know that. God, they've not been saved. They've not been born again. Or maybe they're unsure. God, I pray that they would get that nailed down tonight. And God, that they would know for sure where they're going to spend all of eternity. I pray that you'd speak to their heart. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano plays and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe God's spoken to your heart. Maybe you just want to thank God for the liberty we have. Boy, what a blessing for the victory, for the liberty that we have in this country to openly worship, proclaim the Word of God, put it on the Internet, put it out there for everyone to hear, and nobody's hunting us down. Praise the Lord for that. We ought to thank God. We ought to pray that it remains that way, that we continue to have that liberty. But if that persecution were to come and if that those trials and tribulations because we're serving the Lord come our way may we stand strong may we take courage that God would know exactly where we're at what we're going through praise the Lord for the eternal security that we have